Hey y'all, welcome back to the show. It really is a wild and crazy life and I hope you are living it to the fullest. Welcome back. I am, of course, so excited about today's guest. Kit Fusil is one of my favorite people on the planet, and we have such an awesome conversation for you today around leadership and how to be a leader and how to balance or how to work within the feminine and the masculine at maybe maybe not the same time, but being able to embody both versions of yourself within leadership. So this is a really, really great conversation. Before we dive into that, I want to remind you about Magical Month. So going into 2023, I know that you have some kind of vision of what the year is going to be like. Maybe it is mapped out goals that are exactly what you want to accomplish. Maybe it's just a general idea of how you want the year to go. But for sure, I know if you're listening to this, you have some kind of vision for the year ahead. So as we go into 2023, throughout the month of January, I am going to be working with a group of women who are focused on actually creating that life that they're envisioning. So a lot of times we get those goals going or we get this vision going, and then when the year actually arrives, we're not quite sure what to do. We're not sure where to go, or there's often a lot of things that are holding us back from creating the life we want to live. That's why we haven't already created it, because we're not in the right vibration at that moment to attract that life into our awareness. So throughout January, we are going to be working through some somatic healing practices. We're working through some breath work, of course, and then some one-on-one mentorship within your actual goals and the life you're creating and what we can do together to help you actually get there. So if that sounds good to you, please, please head on over. I will put the link in the show notes um, where you can register for the magical month. It is going to be such a great experience with group calls, Voxer support, one-on-one meetings with me. It's just everything I can offer to help you get the year started to create the life that you really want. So again, if that sounds interesting to you, if that's calling to you, head on over to the website in the show notes and um, get registered today. So, okay, hopping into this conversation with Kit. First of all, a note, um, you will hear some um, pausing. At one point, I had to pause the recording to go get the cat out of the Christmas tree. Yes, that was a real thing, and it was so funny, I thought I would just leave it in. So you're going to hear that, and then there's another, there was a moment where someone was banging on my door because they needed to come turn off the electricity for a minute to, like, reset the meter or something. I don't know. I don't know. So you're going to hear that, too. It's the most um, unique podcast I have ever recorded, Um, but I I ended up leaving it all in. It all kind of flowed really well, actually, so you'll hear a um, a couple of those things throughout the call. All right, now let's get into it. Kit Fusil is the CEO and co-founder of the Locker Room Academy for uh, Leadership and Coaching. She is one of our national directors at the Locker Room and is just doing amazing things with um, 
training coaches and training leaders. And I'm just so honored to have her in my daily life. And I was so excited to bring her wisdom and her humor and just all of who she is to you as well. So without further ado, let's welcome Kit Fusil. All right, Kit, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today. I am so excited to be here in your presence. So thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm working my way systematically through the locker room because we have so much talent and wisdom and incredible voices. I'm so excited to share. Thank you. Yes, we do. We are really, really blessed with a tribe of people who have lots, like you said, lots of different talents and uh, thoughts and gifts. And for all of us to collaborate, is just amazing. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Beautiful. All right. So let's start from the beginning. Sure. Tell us who you are, where you were born, where you live now, kind of some of those basics. I know there's a lot in there. I was like, are you kidding? You know how old I am? <laughs> where, I, where I was born, I was born in Fort Carson, Colorado. Oh, okay. Um, Fort Carson, Colorado, and uh, to a major in the army. My my dad was a military. My family was military. My dad was military. I should say my grandfather. Um, multi multi generations of West Point graduates. Um, so I was born to the military family, and of course that requires you travel a lot as a kid. Um, long story fast forward. I would say if you ask where did you grow up, once an army kid gets out of all that, it was Newport, Rhode Island. So okay. I spent from ages twelve to in my 30 before I was 30 and I, well, I mean, of course went to college and left and all that stuff, but, and then moved to the Minnesota area when I had children. Um, and that, you know, people always ask, well, how, why would you leave Newport? And if you know anything about Newport, it's one of the most beautiful places in the United States, uh, sailing capital of the world. Uh, John and I sailed with my, my husband and we decided that in Newport, it's kind of the land of the rich and famous. You either have, or you don't have. Yep. And um, I did not want my kids to be brought up in that environment so we moved to the good old midwest with with, with work ethic and cold weather yes <laughs> so, yes yeah. and y'all brag about that cold weather you know what i am going to have to pause this i have a cat in the christmas tree perfect you pause that <laughs> yeah. all right so we were in rhode island didn't want the kids growing up in that we have kind of a similar situation in the nashville area there is a suburb just south that is very rich and famous. All the country stars have houses here and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And we kind of had a similar, we don't really want that to be the kid's norm. Yeah. 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 So love that. Place so, to visit. And I mean, again, I love that, but I just really, and it kind of, you know, that led to the school system and which would mean we'd have to have our kids in private schools mm-hmm. and the cost of that, um, it was just astronomical. And, and so you know, there's a lot of factors involved. I sold my first real estate company, you know, and then we, we, we packed the family up and moved to the Minnesota area. So yeah, yep. so that was going to be a, a question that I had for you. How long have you been in the real estate industry? I don't know that Since we've talked about this. Since, Since 1986. Wow. Yep. I graduated from um, William Smith College, which is in upstate New York, and was on my way to law school, literally on my way to law school. Um, and I got accepted to the, you know, to the University of Denver School of Law and decided, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And then my husband um, 
we got married in 86. So it was before we got married actually. And he said, you know, I think you should go into real estate. Not that he knew anything about real estate, but I was like, huh. And we have to pay for law school. So yeah, I'll do that for a year and then I'll go to law school. Well, we're talking, I don't know what, 36 some odd years later, and I'm still in real estate. That's <laughs> and all my friends who went to law school are like, I wish I had done what you did versus sitting now as a partner in a law firm that's kind of like a ball and chain. I mean, yes, maybe it created a great life for, well, I guess great life depends on, is all pers in perspective, right? But, um, you know, they're kind of quote unquote chained to their law firms and yeah. I'm not chained anything. Oh, it's nice. One of the things I've heard a lot about if you want to, well, really just one of the most important things you can decide in life is who you partner with, who you marry. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. that's like a perfect example. Without him there, maybe you would have been that partner in the law firm. I would have. Uh, that was the path I was marching down and prepared my, probably my entire, even my, as a kid. I mean, I remember being the you know, 16, 17, 18, before even going to, to college, that that's what I was going to do. I was going to go into politics. And I do that through, you know, having my law degree, blah, blah, blah. And um, I had, that's where my, my sites were headed. And yep. then, you know, through college, um, spent some time in Washington, D.C. and saw some of the inside hallways, I'll, I'll say. And that kind of gave me a taste of, huh, maybe I won't go into politics. Yep. Um, but I still was headed to law school. And, and again, my husband gave me a Kind of like, you know, gee, maybe, maybe before you do that, you should do this. And that just ended up as, as again, uh, haven't left the industry. Yeah, so, I yeah. love it. I was actually the same. I was going to go to law school and into politics and um, also took a left turn as soon as I graduated. So <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> <There we are. laughs> thank goodness. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that you are really known for within our tribe is leadership. Um, of course, you're the director. Um, your full title is director of the academy, the leadership and coaching academy or CEO. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Okay. Co-founder CEO is what Co-founder CEO yeah. of the locker room, um, <laughs> yeah. coaching leadership and coaching academy. So, right. and you have a long lineage of leadership in your family. I do. So mm -hmm. kind of talk to some of that, some of the things that, you know, you you learn from your dad that you apply now, all those kinds of things that we've discussed before. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. Um, the family lineage really goes back to the military. I mean, my dad, grandfather, great grandfather on one side, um, you know, so, you know, served in every world, I mean, every war we've had, we've got a, you know, my maiden name's Cole. So we have a Cole served at a very high level in some capacity, including my dad in Vietnam War. Um, and so a lot of my his the, the probably the leadership that I really learned was through listening, observing, and watching my, you know, grandfather, grandfather, et cetera, through the, the lens of, of military and leading troops into war, which is an interesting dynamic, right? Um, and probably, so that's one piece of it. And then the other leaders in, in, my, in my life were just, uh, were my, like my grandmother, other women who are very strong that maybe didn't hold a CEO title, but let me tell you, they mm -hmm. were CEO and matriarchal and ran, run families and, and, you know, farms, ranches, just ran, you know, organizations, maybe not in the traditional corporate world, but in, in life, I'll say. Yes. And then also uh, the other piece that my lineage is, which is interesting is, is from the religious perspective. So, um, my dad, after leaving Vietnam, 
for a second tour, decided that if he came out alive, he was going to become an Episcopal priest. And he did. And then my, I have a great grandfather who is a, a Methodist um, minister. And, and then there's others in, in the back. So it's interesting. You get this dichotomy of leadership from the, the spiritual perspective and then the perspective of basically of, of the military soldier life. So that kind of, a, and, a, and then of course, my own personal journey. Uh, working in politics for a period of time, even um, starting my first business, very entrepreneurial at a very young age and starting, you know, my first, uh, you know, business at probably 12. And the, I mean, you know how it goes yeah. when you're an entrepreneurial, I sold everything and anything until I started my first real estate company. And that was at age 24. And um, again, it, almost everything through my, my real estate career has been in a leadership seat, whether owner, occupant, or leading um, offices, leading multiple offices, um, you know, on and on and so forth. So yeah, a lot of a lot of leadership training by, again, observation, study. I'm an avid learner, so a lot about leadership that way. And then of course, personal practice, because I think there's so much that when you've lived, walked in in the leadership sh shoes, then it's easier to have those conversations because there's a lot of stuff you you can learn in books and learn from podcasts and learn from others. But that self journey um, really, I think, tells a lot of stories. So, yeah. yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It's interesting how when you are gifted for leadership, you just can't avoid it. Like, yes. it. I, I tried when I went at my first real estate company, I tried to just be an agent. I just wanted to take some leads, close some houses, live with my family. And within like seven months, they were like, hey, we need you to be the sales director. We need you in leadership. Yeah. So I moved into real estate leadership and I spent more time there than I ever did in production because right. while I enjoyed production, leadership and leading others was just kind of a, it just kind of happened. <laughs> right. It, it does. When you're called, you're called. Yes. Yeah. 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 So for someone who, um, cause I, I'm going to ask you a question I would have asked you if I was smart enough to know to ask this when I was 21, 22, knew I was gifted for leadership, but lacked some of the empathy and finesse. Um, yeah. I definitely had the go-getter, the high D, as our friend Mary Lou would say, um, but not so much of the kindness, the, the, the empathy. So someone who maybe is feeling in that position where they, they know they're called to something, but they seem to struggle with the actual leading of others. Mm -hmm. What would you tell them? What advice would you give them? That's a, that's a great question because I giggle when you say that, because I remember when I was um, tapped on the, and I use the word tap on the shoulder for leadership because it's true. I mean, you said the mm -hmm. same thing. They tapped you for a sales manager. I think I was 30, maybe 31, 32. And I was tapped on the shoulder to be a vice president for a global banker. Um, here in the Minneapolis area. And then we would go to, you know, they would have these VP meetings and all of this. And I heard one day somebody, when I came through the door, say, here comes the bull in the China shop. <laughs> and yes. I was like, huh. And at the first second, I was proud of that. You know, I was like, yeah, that's me take no shit, take no names. Um, I mean, that was the military side of me, right? Sure. You know, take no kid, I'll take captives, Arr! you know, and I could, boy, I could be that person. And I, that probably would describe, as you were saying, my first journey from ages, you know, 24, opening my first company, led with the bull in China shop type of a, an approach. And I think when I, that was like this you know, defining moment that 
Jake Dixon talks about in his in his world, that was a defining moment for me. Yeah, because I took the opportunity, and I'll get back to your question to answer your question. But I think um, that defining moment was then for me to seek really, am I how am I leading, and how am I leading effectively, and what are what are what do my people need from me? Not what do they what do they need from me, and is the bull in the china shop? the right approach. So it really got this reflective piece. And I, I counseled with a lot of people I trusted, people that I led. And they they pretty much told me, yeah, you're like the bull in the China shop. We see you coming and we all go, mm. and you're effective through, and I, I do a lot with energy, but a level two energy, which is the get shit done energy. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things in that energy. And that isn't always the the, the best approach. So I think that was a defining moment for me to tap into what you call this more sensitive or not sensitive, but the feminine side of myself, um, because I did very much lead with a masculine energy. And that was to really say, really, I am kind and gentle at heart. Yeah. Just let your heart shine through yeah. and lead with, yes, you can still lead with a bullet in the China shop because that is the get shit done type of thing, but do that with grace love and empathy and it was kind of like that defining moment made me shift a little bit and pivot to to reflect on how do I want to be led and yeah there are times I want to be led with the bull in the china shop person but there's also times that I want to be led where somebody hears me understands me and listens to me yes. and that comes from the heart yes it does so that was kind of again that was one of those defining moments and as I started to think about that and called my dad, who again, I really, really honor and, 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 you know, have respect for as a leader. And he said, well, how do you lead your children? And I was like, kindness of the heart. <laughs> yes. And he's like, honey, people are, we're all children. We're children of God or whatever you believe, the universe yeah. spirit, what have you, but we, we are all children. So lead like you lead your children with of course you know there are times that 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 masculine energy or that bull in the china shop or that forceful type of, of energy needs to take place but tempered appropriately yeah those are his words and um because he used to often say to me uh you know you will you will have those moments and you know that uh that will will shape your shape you and we need to pay attention to them yeah so i think the the advice i would give to that 20 worlds is listen pay attention to what the universe and the world's telling you. Hopefully it won't take you 10 years uh, right. to learn that where it's like it did for myself, but to pay attention yeah, and ask others that you trust and, and have a network of people and have a safety zone of people that you can be real with that can give you feedback on your leadership. Yeah, that's beautiful. I had never thought this through like this until as you were talking, I was thinking, my version of that would be um, when I was the sales director at that company and I led my family with with all of the empathy, all of the kindness, all of the flow and all that, just like you were saying. Yeah. At, at this company, some of my closest friends did not, they all thought of me as like a badass boss babe, all of that. My closest friends did not know that I have a hippy dippy, like woo woo side of me. Yeah. And when I would say that to them and they would just be shocked, they're like, I can't picture you like that. And I'm like, right. oh, God. okay, well, then we've done something very wrong because I might be succeeding as a leader and that I'm helping people get their real estate businesses up and running, but yeah. I am not actually leading with the thing that I value the most. Right. 
Isn't yeah. that the most interesting? And, 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 and funny that you say that with values, because today um, when I was out in 14 degree weather here in, in Minnesota and I was, I do, you know, was doing my horse chores because we have a, a, you know, 20 horses on the property. And that's where I get my great, you're talking about your meditation gives your, your, your creativity. Um, but doing the horse chores, cause I'm out with, with animals who I, I so identify with what the gift that they give to, to the world is. And one of them is presence and being in fully in presence with them. So I was out this morning and I was talking, thinking to myself about values and, and one of the posting somewhere today, now where is, is where are your values showing up today? You know, so family, what are you doing in your family to express that value today, friends, whatever it is that you value, freedom for me. Um, you know, how am I expressing that today? And I think that's just about authentic leadership is bringing your value, you know, the values and living them as an example for others and leading through those. And so I'm so glad you said that because that congruency, when you're congruent living in your values and the things, it's amazing what opens up for you and how you show up so much more authentic as a leader. Yeah, it was incredible because, of course, in our industry, it is very go, 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 hustle, grind. Like that's the that's the norm. I'm thankfully starting to say that open up more. But um, that's I was involved in that. Like I had everybody around me. That's all I knew. All I knew. And the minute I was like, wait, 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 this is not me. And I I do not believe you have to build a real estate business that way. I think we can do it different then suddenly people started coming into my world that could understand my language. I would say things like this at my other company to the other leaders. And it was one of those like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we always mm -hmm. assent to that, but they didn't really understand where I was coming from. But the minute I just was like, no, this is who I am. The locker room came into my life. Mentors outside of real estate who are building big businesses outside of our industry, but doing it that way came into my life. And it's like, oh, Okay. Once we kind of yeah. let, let our guard down and start being authentic, the people we're actually need in our lives are going to come in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That is that was, there were so many, I mean, again, so many defining moments, but yeah, that was the, the, again, going to that. And then that hustle and grind. And it's so interesting because again, as you know, I have a master's in, in energy leadership that the more I've learned about living in that, what we call level two energy, which is that grind, 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 how true it is that if we live there in a consistent basis, it actually makes us sick mm -hmm. because it produces the cortisol and the adrenaline, which keeps you going and going and going, but it creates dis-ease in your body yes. and makes you sick. And again, now I'm going to get all this hindsight when you get... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My country clients, boy, you have a lot of wisdom, kid. Yep. I've walked a lot of miles. <laughs> yes. Um, and usually that means I've hit a lot of walls. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, you, you hit things like burnout and you, you know, and it's just, it, you look at that and you go, wow. And then if you lead from what we call level four energy, and, and I can get you all the information you want on energy, but you lead from the level four energy, which is love, compassion, and true self-serve serving others. Mm -hmm. through oneself through, you know yep. to, to service and that produces um you know the opposite of that that, that produces the euphoria that you reproduces so much more and that's where the space of creativity and growth and that's level four, four or five energy that comes out 
with opportunities. You can see opportunities where in this level two or where we we are in this, that masculine, more masculine feminine, sometimes we can't see options yeah. because we're so grindy. Yes. So it's just really amazing how, um, again, energy shows up for us when we, in 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 learning more. So I think, um, you know, the, the, the journey for leadership is it's a journey. And usually it's a journey as you and I are talking about, about self-discovery. Yeah. That's what I've really enjoyed about. I don't know if I've told you this, but I'm in a breathwork certification. Yes. Oh yeah. I love yeah. breathwork. Uh, it is, <laughs> it is so healing. It is so releasing. And I, I was explaining to someone, like if you had asked me a year ago, if I was living in alignment, I would have said yes. I, I real I didn't know different. But when I got into breath work, I started to realize how much of what I said I wanted was was programmed. Like it was something that I was told to want, and so I didn't I didn't know different. I didn't know there were options. And yeah. so so walking back so many things, it's been it's been really amazing. But once you do that, that's when you find your your true gift to the world or to your family. Because I also don't want. I know a lot of people who are like, I don't really care about the world. I just want to have my little life with my family and I'm happy in my town. And um, like I, I had a, one of my close friends in that old company. She was like, I was scared to tell you I wanted to go be a teacher because I didn't want you to judge me for not wanting to be in real estate. I was like, are you kidding? Like You should right? not be in real estate if you don't want to. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. It is not an industry to be faint about. <laughs> like, not it, that it's not that it's not at all but yeah yeah, yeah i agree with you on that mm -hmm. so you um i'm gonna switch topics a little bit because i want to sure. make sure you talk about the horses oh absolutely I, you recently did the equine leadership experience i was so That's sad weird. that it didn't align with my schedule because i really wanted to be there so mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about that about horses and what they can teach us about leadership and i know you could probably talk for hours about this oh topic. i could take the whole day <laughs> Um, but again, that's, I look and you, you know, you ask the question, like, you know, who are, who, who, what, how, when influenced your life? Well, the horse is a huge part of my life, you know, particularly, and I take it all the way back to like when my dad was in Vietnam and I, for his second tour and I was living with my grandparents who, um, I actually, my grandparents rode in the first Olympics. Um, my grandmother taped her boobs and rode under her because women weren't allowed to ride, but uh, rode under her um, brother's name. And then, and she taught the U.S. Cavalry how to ride. And, you know, the cavalry in the military now is not horses. It used to be horses. And um, so both my grandparents are avid, avid horse, horse people. I don't say horse men, but they're horse people. Um, so that get the, the gift they gave me basically when I was, you know, when my dad was in the second tour in Vietnam, five years old, was the fact that when I moved to their ranch, uh, Mescalero, Mescalero Ranch in Roswell, New Mexico, I got the gift of, they, they owned a bunch of horses. And so, you know, they, they were older, they had no interest, they're probably in their 60s, I guess, probably when I lived with them. They know, I mean, they had grandchildren, they, thank God they had the horses. That's what kept me out of trouble, right? Because when you've got a leadership tight in my mind, and you've got somebody who's got a lot of energy and they're, even if it, they're programmed that way at six years old, I had to go boss something around so I could go help <laughs> horses. But they, you know, during that time, my dad was missing in action. And so um, there's just lots of things that I would go and spend hours out with the horses and talking to them about. I don't know what I talked to them about back then, but I know it was a place of healing for me. Yeah. And throughout my life that the horse has been such a gift 
for so many different things that I want to be able to give that gift to others. And it sounds a little crazy when you're like, you're going to teach leadership through a four-legged animal that's like 1,100 to 1,500 pounds. You have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Probably there's two things that, that if I have to pick anything to to what can horses teach you and the the first is they can't they don't lie they mirror so when you're in the presence of a of of a horse and you walk up to them and you feel it's it's very common people will feel fear because they're big yeah and even having having horses being a barrel racer myself there are times I walk into a pen and I got a little apprehension because maybe I'm dealing with a horse that I'm not quite sure what's going to happen here. So I have to make sure that however I choose the, how I show up in the pen with them. Because if you show up, let's say with fear, they, they can feel your heartbeat five feet away. Wow. They feel you Mm -hmm. from a distance. You don't even have to be, you don't have to touch them. They feel you. They feel your energy and they actually kind of feel your thoughts. And there's lots of science behind this. So I won't go into that piece of it. But knowing that, that's why I love it when people say, oh, yeah, I rode a horse and the horse ran back to the barn with me. Yeah, the horse wanted to get the heck away from you because you were gripping it, holding on for dear life because you were afraid. So the horse is going where it knows not to be afraid. That's the barn. Oh, wow. It's funny because they think it's a bad horse or no, it was you. (laughs) It was all you. Yeah. It was all you. Um, And so, you know, to, to, and it's the same. So they mirror you. Um, the the group that we had here was a very a team. Um, I had two two sessions, but the one that was probably the most incredible transformation was a was a was a team, a leadership team that never acted as a team. You had a leader, and then you had people that he led, and it was more of the hierarchical type of a top down environment. And there was a lot of there was no team to the word. Uh, in my in my definition, they weren't all functioning. They weren't rowing the boat the same way. Yep. And and so they came and they spent three days with me. When they left, they are functioning as a highly functioning team with trust, accountability. You know all the things. If you look at Patrick Lancioni's five levels of you know of, of the five dysfunctions of a team, and we journey through that with them. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that when you're sitting with the horse, the horse, again, is the mirror. So how you show up, the horse is going to mirror back to you. And people don't realize that about themselves. Right. They don't, they don't think, how 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 is my energy going to affect what's happening to me and the people I lead? Yeah. So there's so much that came out of that. And going back to what are the two greatest gifts that they'll give you is the first is, again, the mirror. So they'll mirror how you are and who you are, um, which is not, which sometimes is great. And sometimes it's not always great. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, anytime I get bucked off or the horse threatens to buck me off, I have to do a checkup, you know, my head and, and it's a hundred percent of the time. It's how I came into the situation, um, <laughs> which is really interesting. And the second, what they teach you is they only live in the now. Mm. They do have memories but they live in the present. Right. So when you're in the presence of a thousand pound pound animal who lives in the now and only right now, they emanate a sense of peace. Yeah, they do. And it's something that is really hard to explain. It has to be experienced. Yeah. And 
you can say, oh yeah, sure. Um, but when you've got, you know, I, I had the, the, this particular team that, you know, the guys, he's a masculine guy. He wasn't a feminine kind of, oh, huggy, huggy kind of guy, not at all. But when he left that round pen with his last lesson with his horse and there's tears coming down because of the gift that that horse gave him of what it meant to really be present and how that was missing in his life, it just cracked a shell. Yeah. And he, I, I tell you right now, Monica, there isn't a day that this, this guy doesn't give me a text to tell me what an enlightenment that was just to live in presence. That's incredible. Uh, obviously, um, I think it's a bit different, but I feel that way when I'm around cows because cows are similar, like thousands of pounds of energy because it's matter, but it's energy. Yeah. Um, and they live right there eating grass in whatever weather and you can show up and be there and you know um yeah. i think it's really amazing because you said the heart the horse can feel your heartbeat from five feet away they but it, yeah. it works both ways like their enormous I, amount of energy can affect you too when you allow it absolutely absolutely and so part of what we do for that week during the weekend and we're having one coming up in january actually um which tickets are available if you if oh, girl, the there is no way I'm coming to Minnesota in January. No, ma'am. <laughs> oh, I have a heated in arena. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I've made my feelings on cold clear enough. should experience frozen eyeballs. You should experience it because it makes it that much more incredible with extremes. So it is amazing. People, you know, and we do have, we do have heat and we do have warm clothing. So, um, but there's something, there is something magical about absolute frigidity you know frig i don't know that's not a word maybe i made one up but the frigid cold and then mm -hmm. doing some self-discovery so the the whole the the journey that we put people through is a lot of self-discovery about themselves first and then how they show up as a team and the leader and there's lots of vulnerability that has to take place there's when i do an exercise which is a, again it's incredible we, we they have to come to this with an open mind and wanting to be a team and one of the things which is which is interesting is they have to take a, a three by five card for every member on their team and write something that they really love and appreciate about that person, something that they feel is is a presence or a gift, just, just something really you know endearing or something they feel about that person. And then the second is something that drives them nuts about that person. Oh yeah. And then the third is how can I show up to help you with whatever this is? Because it probably if that driving that person nuts as a teammate is probably affecting somebody else. Sure. But to come to that conversation with a solution being, how can I help you with this thing that drives me crazy? And, and it's really powerful because the vulnerability alone creates some trust. Yeah. And then they process that actually while, uh, while they're doing that, they're opening the meridians on the horse. They're doing an exercise to open the horse's meridians, which opens them up to, you know, the, the horse, the horse's whole body up to, to, to better health. And it's, 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 it's a connection thing where they can safely go process what they just heard. And, and it's, it's that in itself is a gift. Yeah. So when everybody has that vulnerability and they all, and, and, and the thing is, is they have to, they have to be willing to say, I'm not going to take that piece of feedback I got and be angry about it. Because you can't be angry when you're sitting there in presence, you're opening meridians with a horse. Anger can't be there. 
Yeah. They have to process it in that environment. So yeah. um, again, it's just an amazing, as a matter of, again, I, I, I can't tell you how many times they, that whole team reaches out to me saying, we, we thought they were crazy. You know, the, 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 the leaders, yeah. when I said, the best thing I could do for you is this, and I've been coaching them for, for some time, but you know, best thing I could do is get, put you through this experience. And so again, I, I, the horses, you know, and Winston Churchill said it, that there's just something amazingly special about the, um, you know, the outside of a horse or no, how, how's it go? The inside of a horse, ah, now I'm going to screw it all up. But it's, you know, the, the, something about the, the, what is good for man is the, the outside of the horse is good for the inside of the man. Mm, wow. Butchered that, but it's, that's basically it. Something like that. That's the horse is, is a, Yeah. And Winston Churchill, who was an avid, uh, equestrian, um, yeah. Yeah. So did you have, did you develop this, um, leadership experience yourself? Okay. Just from things you learned over the years, put it together. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The lessons I personally learned and like, as you are journeying this, this building businesses coming from a place of authenticity and what's in our heart and leading with our what what really the gifts that we have and how do you how do you even know what they are and how much time do you spend looking at what they are and and so yes all of this journey I woke up one day and said I'm going to do this and I'm going to use this beautiful these horses who have given me these gifts I need to give them to other people yeah and I need to help teams because I really feel leadership teams right now are struggling with mm-hmm. how to navigate what's happening in, in the, the world today. Yeah, I totally agree. How do they stay a team? <laughs> how do they lead their agents? How do they process their own? Because it, it can be very easy to just get in the the day, the daily you know stuff that has to happen, the daily drama and forget to keep developing yourself and each other. Yeah. As you go. And how a leader has to show up, right? Because yeah. even post post COVID or whatever we're in right now, which COVID's still running rampant around the, you know, we just decided not to mask anymore. <laughs> and, uh, whatever. Um, you know, the world is, the world has, as you alluded to in the very beginning of our conversation, the world has changed, mm-hmm. right? It's gotten smaller. AI has gotten greater. More, there's still more pressure in, 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 and, you know, navigation. And now we've got some, you know, challenges in the economy with inflation and, and still having job challenges with not wanting to go to nine to five. And there's just so much to navigate that, that, that we really need leaders um, who understand first that the buck stops with them. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones who have to empower their people to be the best that they can be. Yeah. And that doesn't mean just in work life. That's, you know, that's truly an American thing. You have your work and then your person life. That's one person. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. (laughs) So somebody has a, you know, sick kids at home with something and they're trying to figure out how do I get people to babysit and how do I, I mean, it's just, you know, there's just so much. How do we navigate that and be empathetic leaders that can truly lead others to their greatness, which then in return, there's loyalty and, and hard work and all the things that, that employees and or self-employed, whatever, it depends yeah. on what menu we're talking about, doesn't really matter. They want to be a champion of the organization who will champion them. And yeah. that's what we teach leaders. 
Yeah. And we so see that at the locker room, don't we? Like we have such a, we call ourselves a tribe of misfits. That's because none of us, I feel like none of us are fully, uh, I might need some help saying this. I'm thinking like none of us are fully in step with each other because we're all just a little bit, have our own spin, but we're fully in step with each other because we, we all fully buy into the mission and we fully buy into each person's ability to show up as themselves. Yes. Yes. And that's what, again, the the culture is championing, you know, uniqueness in all these gifts, honoring those. Yep. And like you said, with a collective mission. Yeah. I don't think I'm here to build. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to call names. I'm going to have him on the podcast soon, but um, I don't think I've ever told him this, but I was terrified to start working with Nathan one on one because in my mind he was just so like he just he got it done and he was so good he was so talented and I was like like yeah. I love the locker room but real estate coaching is a part of what I do not all of what I do and so I was like oh he's not gonna but it, it could not be farther from the truth he is the first one to remind me to do the things the way I want to do them which is Absolutely. amazing yes he's an amazing human being love him yeah, yeah. he's got his He's got his own, well, I mean, look at his, his, his tagline, be you, be real. Yeah. 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 Love it. Mine's um, Zest for Life 365. So there you go. That's why yeah. we are in line. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got some leadership. We got real estate. What, what else do you, you do? Got horses. You got, you got horses. horses. Yeah. You've got, yeah. you've got racing tomorrow morning. So one of the, one of my degrees. first. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I can't, I can't. Um, one of my first memories of you, Kit, we were on a call. It was um, the Strengths Finder call that we did. And you said, I've got to dash out early because I've got to go to Taekwondo. <laughs> so you... <laughs> Three minutes, yeah. All right. So <laughs> one of my first memories of you was um, you were headed out to Taekwondo. Yes. I think with the grandkids, right? Yeah. Okay. So we have some kids, we have some grandkids and we do Taekwondo. Yes. <laughs> what are you, just to kind of wrap us up, what are you excited about for 2023? Oh my gosh. Well, as you know, we're packaging up uh, this incredible curriculum to send to the International Coaching Federation for certification for our entire program, certifying coaches at the professional level. And this is not just for coaches, this is for leaders. So this is, the, so I am super excited that to, to offer, we've got, you know, our, our beta group starting in January. I'm really excited to take this to the international level, to take the, the things that combining with my partner, Jake, who's, you know, obviously partners, who owns the, the locker room for us to take this to our message, our, our, our structure, our program um, to leaders across all industries. We are so passionate about what we feel that, or we know just by how the world is right now, what they're earning and yearning for, it keeps us up at night. So for us to be able to share this and put people through a, a 26 week process to, to, to really change not only their life, but mm-hmm. to be able to have the transformation of others because coaching is transformation of others. Yeah. So to teach leaders how to transform others in their organization and that ripple effect to me, and, and when you talk about leaving legacy, to me, that's my legacy. My legacy, if somebody goes through the, our academy 
and they learn how to to help others transform their lives to serve the others the ripple effect in that is exactly what i was made to deliver in this world so talk about exciting i mean that is so exciting exciting about this so yes um okay and that's not open to the public just yet but is there a place where people can get in touch with you Absolutely. And the answer is yes. There's courses okay. that are open to the public. There yeah. are. You're right. You're right. Yep. Yep. So we have Coach Fundamentals starting um, December 6th, I think is the next ones. We have two courses, which are actually our prerequisites. Yep. And they're for 200, I mean, stupidly inexpensive. So for the value that they, so just for that course, it's like $297, two full days. You learn the competencies, the how to coach, get 20 tools. Yep. Um, in the toolbox that you can use right away, you get access to Jake and I, and you have a second day is how to build a business. So amazing content. So it's open to the public. Absolutely. Kit at uh, TLRNation.com, you know, is my email. I'll put that and the links in the show notes. So that'll be there too. Yeah. Awesome. Kit, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. It has been amazing. I can't wait to talk soon. All right, good luck with the power. All right. There you have it. Thank you so much, Kit, for joining us. I hope that that conversation was as awesome for you as it was for us. If you are interested in um, connecting with Kit and being involved in any of her programs, you can reach out to her at kit at tlrnation.com. I will include that as well Mm -hmm. as the Locker Room Mm -hmm. Academy website in the show notes below. You don't have to be in real estate. You don't have to be involved in real estate at all to get connected with Kit. So feel free to reach out to her if that sounds like something you would like to do. All right. We are wrapping up the year. Next week, I will have an episode for you, a solo episode on grief and the holidays. And then I will be taking a break for a couple of weeks and then relaunching again in the new year. I have so enjoyed creating this podcast for the last several months. I can't wait for what 2023 is going to hold for us. And until next week, have an amazing day. Thank you.